Lori here, and welcome to the Awakening Moments podcast. Grab a cup of tea and let's spend some time together. My co-host Rhonda and I are ordained ministers working together at Life Center Church. We are leaders, wives, moms, and longtime friends. In this podcast, we hope to share some meaningful moments from our lives, everything from lessons we've learned the hard way or how to rise up in the midst of obstacles and insecurities. We will encourage you to take risks and remind you that you are deeply loved and completely worthy. Let's awaken life's most amazing moments together. in the topic of friendship on our podcast because um, it really is something that affects every human being. Every single one of us need friends. Every single one of us desire friendship. And it is one of the things, I don't know about you, but a lot of people talk to me about lacking friendship, lacking meaningful friendship in their life. So it is a real need. There's a loneliness, there's a vulnerability around friendship. And so Um, I just hope and I pray that as we unpack this conversation, as we're learning and growing through it ourselves, that um, you also, God would just speak to you around friendships and relationships and maybe um, what you could do to continue to cultivate meaningful friendship in your life. Um, One of the things for me that uh, I'll I'll just start here, if it's okay, Rhonda, is um, around what I've learned in friendship and ministry and kind of how they have played out for me together. Um, for most of my life as a young girl, teenager, in my early 20s, I mean, I always kind of prided myself in being an awesome friend. Um, I loved my friends maybe more than anything else. I loved spending time with my friends. I loved thinking about the next opportunity to hang out with my friends. I had a lot of fun and derived a lot of value out of friendship. And uh, I guess it would be around my early 30s, Jason and I were installed as the lead pastors. So we were in ministry before that. We were on an awesome team alongside all of our friends. So we literally got to work with our friends, got to do life with our friends. It was so, so, so fun. Um, Then we became lead pastors and all of a sudden we're put in this position of responsibility. I don't really think of it as like a hierarchy thing, like all of a sudden we are the boss or anything like that, but we were put in this position of responsibility. Now the buck stopped with us and we were responsible for this large growing church um, and a staff of a lot of our friends. And all of a sudden I started to have a bit of an identity crisis around how does this work? I remember seeing a lot of unhealthy dynamics in, uh, ministry and friendship previous to that. And I remember saying, making this vow, I will never sacrifice my friendships on the altar of ministry. My friendships are the most important thing. And all of a sudden we're installed into this leadership position and having to carry the weight and responsibility of a church, of a staff, of leadership, and feeling this weight of God saying to me, if I asked you to do this, would you do it? At first I wrestled. I wrestled because I said to him, no, not if it cost me my friendships. No, absolutely not. And I felt like he kept asking me over and over and over again, if I ask you to do this, whatever this was, it didn't, it wasn't about what this was, but whatever it was, 
Are you willing to do what I ask you over anything else? Are you willing to follow my call for your life? Are you willing to live out what I am calling you to live out over anything, over anything? Basically, he was saying, would you put me first? Would you put me first? And for so long, I just kept saying, no, no, my friends come first. My friends come first. My friends came first so much so, even more than my husband. When I was struggling with something, my friends got the first call. I didn't talk to my husband about it. I called my friends and talked to them about it. And so there was an upside down thing happening in my friendships. I had placed, I guess, my identity and my worth and my value in my friendship relationships. And God began to uh, challenge me in that. He began to try to take that down so that he could become first place in my life. He could be the one that I went to first when I was struggling, that I would be obedient to what he was asking me to do over my friendships. But it was really, really difficult and it affected my friendships. And um, so walking through that was really, really challenging. But God did incredible things, but it was a season of probably about three years, maybe even a bit more of incredible loneliness as I was navigating this new identity. God was um, breaking down something that I placed over him and he was establishing a new identity in belonging to him alone. And it was, it was challenging. So that's been a little bit of what I've had to navigate in terms of friendship and what I've had to learn in terms of friendship. And um, I don't have it all figured out for sure, but there definitely has been a reorienting. And the result of that is that now my friends aren't the be all and end all of my life and existence. Now um, God is first um, in that God also established my husband as second as my best, my next best friend. And out of that, then blessed me with ongoing, new and old, uh, wonderful, meaningful friendship relationships, but all in the right order. I know that is powerful, Lori, and that is quite the journey. Having seen you even walk through that journey, like I've watched you walk through that and uh, it's incredible for you even to talk about that because those that are in ministry right now, I'm sure listening to this podcast are thinking that's exactly what I'm going through right now, or perhaps you're on a team where one of your best friends has now moved into a place of greater responsibility and you're feeling that pulling away and feeling like what's happening, but God is in the middle of it. When he is trying to make himself first, there comes disruption and none of us like disruptions. We like things to be as they were, but as life moves through and as we change in seasons, as God changes things, disruptions happen. And it's when, once again, going back to the first podcast, if we hold our friends lightly and extend the gift of grace, it's amazing what God brings back to us in like a boomerang, but even better. It's even better because when that friend kind of goes through those disruptions and you hold things lightly, it comes back to you so much more fulfilling and the same for you when you're going through things and you go through a disruption and God is realigning and you come back and you have those friendships, you are bringing more to those friendships than you ever were bringing before because you're actually bringing a more authentic self and you're bringing a much healthier self and you're bringing more of Jesus. And anytime we bring more of Jesus, it's always better because the depth is there. It's not superficial. It's way more about God and what he's doing in our lives. And I just want to circle back, Lord, to what you talked about our husbands. I've never, Jane, I've never been lead pastor. So we've been, 
I'm on staff with you and Jason, so but I can speak to the J, my J part in being many women are talking to me about the same thing. I'm not feeling connected. I'm longing for deeper friendships. And if you are married, listen to this podcast. I want to encourage you that number one, God is number one. And I've learned the same thing, Laura, through our, through disruptions, through God realigning and making me realize number two in my life is Jay, my husband, Jay. We're both married to Jay, just to be clear here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jason Boucher and Jason Gorto. Yes. But Jason Gorto is my best friend. And God talks about a marriage as a covenant. He is a covenant companion. There's nobody else I have that with. I don't have that with my children. I have that with no other thing than God and Jay. And so in that, my primary responsibility outside of pursuing God with all my heart is pursuing intentionally a deep covenantal companionship with Jason. And that comes through him getting everything. That's number one. And oftentimes when that's disrupted, when I'm looking to friendships to fill that, that's where I am disillusioned. I'm let down. Expectations are not met because God's actually given me a covenantal companion. Adam and Eve, he says, not good for man to be alone. He gave me Jay to invest in. And that is actually the greatest stewardship I have in my life. And if I have God right, Jay right, everything seems to just take care of itself. And I hold my friendships different. I have different expectations. And I'm speaking about marriage here. And this is not taking away if you are living a life of singleness, God, that there, God has bringing a different level of friendships into your life. Mm-hmm. There is a, I'm not talking about that in the, in the podcast that we're going to be airing. It's going to be talking about the fulfillment of living in singleness and that you can still share such a depth. If you are married though, I'm speaking specifically to the companion that God has given you through covenantal marriage. Mm-hmm. And that is to be a focus in your friendship. Yeah, no, it's so true. And I mean, I think the same thing goes, whether you're married or whether you're single, that God has to be first. There has to be a fulfillment that comes out of your relationship with God first, that he's your go-to, that when you're struggling, that when you're inadequate, that when you're vulnerable, that when you need courage, that he's the first go-to. It it doesn't matter if you're married or you're single. Absolutely. And when he is, then, like Rhonda just said, we can be, he blesses us with the gift of friendship. And if you're married, the second under God comes your husband. And uh, cultivating friendship with your husband is not always easy. It really isn't always easy because usually most couples that I talk to are so different from their husbands. I mean, for me, this was very difficult. I am like a adventurous. I always want to be doing new, new things. I want to go out all the time. I want to, you know, experience life and have this exciting, you know, constantly making plans. And my husband is the exact opposite of that. I mean, he is a homebody of all homebodies. He loves alone time. He loves just quality time, just with me. He doesn't want to get together with friends. He doesn't want, and he doesn't need to. And so learning how to cultivate friendship when you're so different really stretched both of us to become more like Jesus and to find that meaning and fulfillment 
in friendship with one another. And that season that God kind of stripped friendship from me, it really forced me to lean only on God and to lean only on Jay. But it did help to cultivate that beautiful dependency on each other, which I hate that word dependency as a hypervigilant, independent person. I hate that word. But but honestly, there's a beautiful, beautiful rest in being dependent and knowing that you can depend on your husband and that he can depend on you. And so, you know, for women who are struggling to find that friendship in your marriage relationship, I just encourage you with all the courage that you have within you just to keep leaning in even when it feels hard and even when it feels like it's not received. Keep leaning into cultivating friendship and cultivating relationship. And sometimes you may have to withdraw a little bit from some of your other friendships who you are getting emotional fulfillment from those relationships that you're supposed to be getting from your relationship with your husband. And so you may have to just pull away just a little bit for a season in order to try to cultivate that with your husband. This is your forever partner. It's the one that you're going to be with forever. This is the one that when your kids grow up and go, that it's just going to be the two of you. This is this is it. And so it's worth the investment. And I say that, trust me, out of a really painful, painful journey. That wasn't easy. In fact, when I was in that kind of three, three and a half years, I remember actually thinking, oh my goodness, like being in ministry. And this is this was my mindset then, but being in ministry is actually going to cost me all my friends. I'm not going to be able to have friends and be a minister. I actually believe that for, for those years, for those first few years, as I was trying to figure things out, it didn't mean that. It didn't mean that. I promise it comes back around, but it comes as such a blessing. And it's so free. It's so free. It's not dependent. It's not codependent. It's not the everything. It comes like Rhonda and I have been talking about holding loosely, being able to hold loosely because there's such security in your relationship with God and such security in your relationship, your marriage relationship. It's so true. It's so true. And with God, everything that God takes, he gives back a hundred times better every time. And there is always a fear. We still don't learn that. Then we ask us of something. I feel like even in my own life, when God asked me of something, I'm always like, really? Have I not learned already that God always gives me back way better and way more fulfilling what I give to him? He exchanges way more than I deserve. And so in your friendships, as you like, we've just recapping that as you put God first, he will add into your life more than you could ever do on your own effort. It's seeking first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added. The desires of your heart, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own, but in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. He will direct you. He will lead you, but it's trusting him enough to say, I am leaning on you first if you're married, leaning on my husband second, my covenantal companion. And then thirdly, allowing God to bring in and the ebbs and flows, these friendships and giving the gift, as you've said, Laura, of giving the gift of holding them lightly and of grace. And of also walking with each other in tension and being honest and vulnerable. And that is leaning into all those spaces together. And um, going back, I, I feel like this would be kind of a cool thing to touch on too. Now that you've you, you and Jason have been in ministry for a while as lead pastors. You, 
we're on, st- I'm on staff with you as one of your besties. And so how, <laughs> what people may think our friendship looks like in ministry might be surprising to them. Definitely. Definitely. I mean, you know, yes, we do have the privilege of working together. So I do get to see you, but our relationship really is a working relationship in the sense of, yeah, like we are, we are on mission. We're working hard. We're collaborating. We're making things happen. Um, running, you know, running a large, amazing church that we both love, 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 love so, love. so much. But, um, but socially our, our relationship, I mean, again, this plays into then I feel like such a bad friend, but literally, I don't know if people think that we hang out like every weekend. I think people think our, that. Our families are so close and all of that. I mean, we probably, I don't know, to, I don't know if I'm exaggerating here, but we probably get together socially maybe like three, three, four times a year. Probably. I know it sounds so, I feel like just for the sake of getting together. It actually is kind of embarrassing (laughs) to say that. I feel like I hear a gasp on the other side of the podcast. People are like, what? Literally like just to socially, hey, what are you doing tonight? Do you want to just hang out? Maybe. Maybe six at the most. Times, maybe a couple more times in the summer, maybe because it's a little less busy. But during the year we could go six months. Yeah. Without one time getting together and that's terrible though. See, that makes me feel like no. I'm such a bad friend. But I don't have an expectation. So it works out just fine. Lori, I hold you very, no, but you know what I'm saying though? Isn't that so interesting that we can consider each other such good friends, best friends, but the, the, the investment of time. But this is one thing I want to point out though. When we do get together, we go deep. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's real. It's, we don't really just talk about the weather and surface things. We literally are like, what is going on in your life? What is God doing? What are the things he's speaking to you about? Where are you being challenged? Where do you need to grow? How's your heart? How's your heart? How are you navigating this difficult relationship? How are you really doing? Exactly. What are you, how are you really doing? And that exchange that we both share, very vulnerable, and our husbands both share vulnerable together as well, how they're doing. You know, when we're, I want to preface it, the six times are like just the whatever times, but we probably see each other in a, like, we see each other in a day, but we do life group together. Right. And so when we talk about seeing each other six times, that's like, let's just go, I don't know, have a barbecue and just go have the kids go swimming or but we do a lot of intentional life together, spiritually growing, relationally growing in life groups. So that would be something that we want to talk a little bit about that. Like the social part is wonderful and we definitely go deep when we're together, even socially, we don't ever really have superficial conversations unless we're in a large crowd. But when we're together, we go right, what is it called? The, the throat of the, <laughs> we go right for the heart, like right away. We don't even like no nicety right to it. How are you doing? And I love that, Laura. Like, honestly, that's something in my life is one of the greatest treasures that you ask those hard questions and I can ask those hard questions. And there's, we go right there. We're not afraid because there is that trust. And we just know that this is a safe place to share this because you have to have that in your life. I need that. I need that because we naturally don't go there with everybody. And so we do need that place to really be extremely raw and authentic. Uh, But as far as building our friendship and our deep, 
our friendship on another basis would be through life groups. And we have a life group together. So that is something twice a month that we're building outside of our working relationship and collaborating and, you know, seeing it and all the funny Instagram videos you post about who's brushing with hot water, cold water, all the hilarious videos. We have a lot of fun as staff, but the one, the real time that we do also have together outside of working is our life group. Absolutely. And I actually think when I think about my life, life groups, small groups, getting gathering together in a small group of people or a small group of women have been where I've cultivated my most closest and intimate relationships. Because for me, I mean, personally, I love small groups. I know you, you don't love small groups as much as I do, but, but I love small groups because I can just, I'll just go there. I'll just go there in a small group. If a good question is asked, um, I, I'm going to like, I'm going to be honest and I want to have those really, really intentional conversations. I want to be challenged. I want to hear where other people are at. And I want that to challenge me to grow, to, uh, grow beyond where I'm at. Um, I want it to challenge my thinking. I want, I love that. And I, and I feel like in small groups, especially if the conversation is around God and around our spiritual development there is an intimacy in that. There's a real intentionality and a closeness because that's not something we share in very many relationships in our lives. But to gather together and to intentionally grow our spiritual lives together, I feel like it really is a, a recipe for beautiful relationships and for a real intimacy. Now, that's not to say that there's not also it's not complicated because it can be complicated even in a small group setting. There can be, you know, uh, a lack of trust that happens. There can be different, again, expectations. There can be different ways that people approach it that make us feel not as safe. So there's lots of dynamics there. I'm not saying it's perfect, but for me over many, many years, and I've been doing, been in and doing small groups for many, many, many years. It's where the, the most, beautiful relationships and also the most growth has come in my life in just having those honest conversations with people, really listening, really learning and having the opportunity to share and be known. It's worth the risk. Yeah. Cause it is a risk. It is. Right. You have like the walls have to come down and sometimes you go to a life group and it just is not the right connection. It's yeah. okay. There may be another life group for you or you're in a life group. It might be just that one person. You know, this last year I started a new life group with a group of women. I did not even know. I knew two people and had been asked to help and come, come alongside to co-lead. And these women have added so much to my life. Just the last life group, I was looking around the room and I thought, how have I not known these women? And there's no way I would have met these women outside of a life group. And so there are surprises waiting for you, even for myself, like you have been in life groups for many years. We have a very close leadership life group, you know, and we cultivate a lot of those friendships within that as well. But this new life group that I started a couple of years ago, they, these women have become this circle in my life that was worth the risk of me being vulnerable. It was worth things. Oh, I'm so busy. I don't really have time. It was an intentional step. And that two hours of time is far surpasses the amount of time I've spent with other friends that maybe are just superficial. That time I've had with him has such, it's deepened our friendship so quickly that some of these women, I I actually consider extremely close friends now. They actually know more about me than most people know because we're sharing intentional conversations that are 
really going there. They're just not about whatever, that you're just kind of sitting around. And when you leave the dinner table, you're like, well, it was good, but what did we really talk about? No, these are focused conversations that are helping you to really bond through being authentic. Wow. Wow. I love that. And I, I think that's so powerful. I really encourage anyone who's not a part of a small group to think about it, to try to find a small group that works for you to, if you can't find one, start one, gather some friends together and go through a book together, open up the Bible and read a scripture and unpack what it means. Or, you know, even talk about what the sermon on Sunday was about and just talk about that. Ask a couple of leading questions. Um, and I really encourage you that as you lean into small groups and cultivating friendships and relationships in small groups, bring your whole self. If you bring your whole self, I, not a hundred percent, but more likely will it be a good fit for you than if you don't, if you go in guarded and withdrawn, go in and bring yourself as scary as it is. Be vulnerable because if you're vulnerable, you'll give others permission to be vulnerable as well. And, um, and it's really worth it. It's so, so worth it. I love that. I feel that. So absolutely. We're all in. Yeah. We're wholehearted. That's the word I love. That's it. Bring your whole heart. Bring your whole heart. Bring your whole heart. Absolutely. And now we have to close. All right. (laughs) We could be talking for a long time. That was a funny pause. We're both like, do we keep talking? I actually forget my closing line. (laughs) Well, I know mine. You are worthy of love. What is my closing line? I totally you forget have something it. To do with greatness or stepping into something, destiny or <laughs> it's so meaningful. I forget it. You are meant for more. Something like that. You were created for more. There's more in you than you realize. Ah, there you oh, go. Oh man. Okay. Can we splice it in? Yeah, totally. Okay. Well, today, <laughs> splice two. Yeah, totally. Um, So as we go today, I just want you to remember that there is so much more in you than you realize. And you are worthy of love. Thank you for listening to the Awakening Moments podcast today. Like or subscribe to our podcast and share it with your friends. Follow us on Instagram at Lori Boucher and Rhonda.Corto. May you be awakened to the moments that matter the most.